Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with Monkey Tennis. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello friends, Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Welcome to part one of our two-part Alpha Papa live special, recorded in front of an audience at London's Prince Charles Cinema earlier this year. Um, obviously, this is part one. Part two will follow uh, tomorrow if you're listening live, uh, or if you're listening after Christmas Day, uh, then both parts will already be up and ready for you to listen to. Uh, there are a couple of elements of this podcast that were visual for our live audience only, um, but thankfully not too many. If you'd like to get in touch, then you can email us, the part pod at gmail.com facebook.com slash the partridge pod or at the partridge pod on twitter on with the show ladies and gentlemen welcome to the prince charles cinema and monkey tennis live the first ever live recording of the podcast described by the telegraph as one of the best tv and film podcasts and by various itunes reviewers as pointless unfunny rubbish impossibly boring Vain, wacky, meh, and ruining Alan Partridge forever. <laughs> Embarrassingly bad, a bunch of Oxbridge rejects cackling at their own jokes, and, in the words of one reviewer, the only saving grace is there can only be 12 episodes, so soon it will go away as they run out of things to talk about. So, thanks for joining us for episode 14 of Monkey Tennis, recorded in front of a live audience of Alan enthusiasts, maniacs, and members of the homeless community with stolen cinema membership cards. Please make a moderate amount of noise if you're ready to celebrate the life and times of Mr. Alan Gordon Partridge. We've left a short gap in the recording of this intro to allow for applause. If there was no applause, please imagine there was some applause. Our presentation begins with a short film. So we're finally doing the special on Alpha Papa. So this is the one that starts off with the North Norwich logo. No, 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 the opening shot is Alan's face. No, stop getting Alan wrong. I'll tell you about Alpha Papa, or do the swoosh sound with your mouths. We see the North Norfolk digital logo. I'm a Gregorian chanter. Oh, Singing dribbles out. We're in Norfolk. DJ scroll across the screen, then Pat Farrell starts wobbling, and one man who used to be on military-based quiz show Skirmish goes, well, that music was very foreboding. And then he speaks down the microphone thing and speaks into it and goes, I've just been talking to Norfolk's most suntan child. And then there's a man in there, and he's Tim Key, he does poems, you know, and he's on the side going, ooh, sidekick stuff. Then the cameraman says, I need to cover the takeover of the radio station. See ya. And then it cuts to Pat, Colmeany, and yes, he's with the boss. Yeah, he's threatened by him. 
and they say, are you on your way out? And he says, oh, you tell me. Hey, he means his job. Anyway, then Alan puts on his radio voice and he starts presenting. And he's being irked by this sidekick shit in a segment with insensitive racial undertones. And Simon's prattling along and Alan just starts motioning to him, going, Right, I've had enough of this, just stop it. And then he turns it around with a quip and he does a serious lecture, but they land on their feet. I'm not sure how, but they're not showing off because they've just made an on-air gaffe. And you think, oh God, Alan Partridge is going to be sacked. So? Please put your hands together and welcome the hosts of Monkey Tennis. Monkey Tennis? Just like that. Monkey Tennis? People around the world ask, who is Alan Partridge? Monkey Tennis? I am speechless. Chronic thuggery? Monkey Tennis? Jason Argonaut. Monkey Tennis? Our friend Michael's just sent a text saying he hasn't bought toilet paper in 18 months. How does he? He steals it from a pub. It's a relief. Monkey Tennis? Oh, we should have made that about 15 seconds shorter, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Hello! 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 Hello, everyone that's here. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. It looks like a photograph of an explosion. Nick Older. One is her, the other is H, neither is H. And Tom Stab. He wasn't stealing crisps. So, uh, <laughs> welcome to Monkey Tennis Live with celebrity special guest Sue Cook. Uh, the first thing I need to let you know is that unfortunately Sue Cook has pulled out. Um, but I do have, I do have this genuine letter. This is an actual letter from Sue Cook. Dear Adam, Tom, Tom and Nick. With regret, I'm writing to inform you that I must pull out of Monkey Tennis Live with special celebrity guest star Sue Cook due to filming commitments. I'm afraid that since the Tony Hares days at the BBC, my workload has increased significantly and it leaves me unable to commit as much time to attend events like yours as I might like. I realise that this may leave you with a significant gap in the night's programme and that the audience at the Leicester Square Theatre, she got that wrong, will be disappointed. (laughs) So feel free to read this letter out to fill the gap. I wish you all the best with the event and I certainly feel sadder about having to cancel on you than I did with the man that your event is celebrating. Best wishes, Sue Cook. Yes, I hear Bilotti is available. <laughs> Unfortunately, it says that Bilotti is also not available, so you're, you're stuck <laughs> with us. He's not here. Um, this evening, we will, of course, be discussing Alpha Papa uh, in the first part, or, or as it's known uh, in America, Alan Partridge. Um, and continuing into the second part, ending with Cards Against Delanity. If you found an envelope on or near your seat tonight, then you are one of tonight's Cards Against Delanity contestants, and we'll be bringing down in the second half. One of you will win a uh, On the Hour box set signed by Chris Morris himself. Um, mm. if any, exactly. Also, Good interaction. Excellent. Um, yeah. If anybody wants to add any emotional heft to tonight's proceedings by proposing to a loved one, then let us know in the interval and we'll do our best to make it happen. Uh, I once considered proposing to my girlfriend at someone else's live event, but thankfully I uh, came into some money and was able to do it properly. You, you can't mess around when it comes to your own wife. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so this podcast will go live in two parts on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, uh, which gives you the unique opportunity to uh, record a message to your future self. Uh, so if you are about to give someone a regrettable present or you've got some uh, Christmas Day advice, sir, then uh, what would you tell yourself in a month's time? I'm sorry. <laughs> fair enough. Straight to the point. We can all it, agree it, with it, it. seems fair. It seems fair. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to the film itself. Yes. Right. So, let's talk a bit about Alan and where he is at this point versus where we've seen him before. Um, he's a milder Alan, isn't he? He's yeah, I think so. He's a kinder Alan. He's a younger yeah. Alan as well. He is a younger <laughs> Alan, yeah. How's that happened? They had to jettison the, um, the face makeup because it was too obvious it was makeup on screen, on a screen this big. His six-figure income probably means he's hit the gym. Those years and pounds have fallen away. They yeah, really have. he's got many more crow's feet in uh, I'm Alan Partridge, that's for sure. Yeah. And where are we at in the timeline of Alan Partridge stuff here? So this is between Mid-Morning Matters and I'm Alan Partridge, is that right? The, uh, after I'm Alan Partridge. Yeah. After Mid-Morning Matters. Yeah. After Mid-Morning Matters. Post-book? Right. Post-first book? Mm. Just sack book? <laughs> During book? During book. During book. During book. During in and around book. Because these we actually the... know is the bottom line, is it? We've... I think they're taking liberties yeah, with the yeah. uh, with the Alan timeline, the Alan lexicon. The well, Alan I know what continue. the events of the film are discussed in the new book, Nomad. Ah, so that's, we have some insight on that later on, I believe. Talk about that later, Ooh, yes. Yeah. Um, and he's mid morning. He is, as we know. <laughs> his his slot has much improved. Uh, it's a promotion since the days of Iron Man and Partridge, obviously. Uh, and he's fifty five at this point, putting the film seven years after Iron Man and Partridge series two. Done there some maths go. there. It works. That's good. Sometimes we get it right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, often not. Pat Farrell, obviously. Uh, now weeknights, ten to twelve, the sleepy time slot. So that's the slot Alan had before, right? 
Yes, yes they've so, got a yeah, straight swap. Yeah. And so you've got uh, one of the first shots here. You've got the camera panning across all the headshots of the DJs. Uh, my question to the group is, which DJ looks most like a pedo out of those headshots? <laughs> <laughs> a, str- a strong opener. Wow, is that is opener, weird. Yeah. Less than five minutes in and already the word pedo has been dropped. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, mm, I'll I hope you are. There's, there's a clear answer. Yeah, yeah. Wally Banter it's from Wally Banter's Dropbox <laughs> fame. He, it's definitely him. <laughs> He's got one of those knockabout children's presenter names that immediately arouses exactly. suspicion. He's he? trouble. Yeah, U-Tree is all over him, let's be honest. Do we need to cut that, Jed? Okay, good. <laughs> it's fine. And don't speak. Jed, you've je- Jed's just used one word this evening already. If any of you see Jed speak, you're allowed to go over and administer a savage beating. That's, yeah. the, uh, that's the terms of but watching not, the equipment. But not too savage, because he is recording this, so yeah, that's be true. gentle. Anything from light petting to murder is fine. <laughs> at this, uh, around this point, when we're scrolling down the, the DJ list, Pat's just looking at his own photo. It's a bit odd, isn't My it? My question to you is, why? <laughs> he works in that building. He goes past it every day. Presumably, he's aware of what he looks like. He's Do you think moment. maybe he's just aware that something bad is coming and he's just reminiscing on the good old days? Yeah, the and shit's I, about to hit the Pat fan, it's, isn't exactly. it? <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, there's a phone number displayed in the studio. It doesn't work. I tried ringing it, obviously. I think we all tried, didn't we? <laughs> um, and then we're, we're kind of onto the phone-ins at this point, aren't we? He's got some classic phone-in uh, yeah. chat. Yeah, yeah, What's the, um So you've got... Well, he's just been on the phone to Norfolk's most suntanned child, which is obviously quite important. Yep. And Does then, a child choose to be suntanned? Or is that well, that's that why he's contacting choose. the social services, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I, why. I, I, um, and yeah, then it's, well, the, the first phone-in being the best monger, fish, iron, rumour or war... <laughs> So, which begs the question, which is the best manga? Again, no, sorry, the obvious, worst manga. The worst manga. Again, a pretty obvious answer here, I think. I, th- yeah. I would go with war, I yeah, think. I think yes. War yeah. is the worst. Unanimous decision there. Seems fair. Yeah. I've known some nasty fishmongers, though, so it, it, <laughs> it is a two-horse race. Fair point, fair point. Um, and then a large question. Large yeah, question. He prefers the word large to big, they said on the commentary. Yes. Yeah, large yeah. is a more Alan word. It is, definitely. And also, when discussing the large question, he makes the point that it's petrol, not gas, because, it, as we know, Alan hates American things. Absolutely. We were talking earlier about uh, links, obviously, in the UK, but the uh, American version of links being... Axe. Axe. Thanks. <laughs> Just a fact you can take home. Yeah, there you go. So now you all know, in case you didn't... Uh, is it worth talking about at this point? There was an alternative intro that's kind of discussed on some of the commentary, yep. um, because as always, it opens in the radio station. But always the always same. the same. Always yep. the same. Uh, but there was a discussion about it actually being set at the BBC and Alan getting an opportunity to go back to the BBC and pitch a show, which I kind of feel like would have been a slightly more interesting uh, take uh, on on the show. Yeah. Well, if you go, but there was also a, a completely alternate version to the film in that there was an Al Qaeda plot that you know there yeah. was a terrorist plot that was actually binned off after what happened in two thousand. Yeah, I think I yeah. think the idea with that there was around the idea with that plot was it was going to be a terrorist attack on the BBC. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Alan was in a siege at the BBC, and so for I obvious think they reasons there. they had to bin that off. Yeah, so yeah. I think they kept the siege element. Yeah. But took out the terrorists. That fake the, the 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 introduction they didn't use as well about him going back to the BBC. Um, would have been a good one, I think, because the, the idea was he went there under the premise of it being like a one-on-one meeting. And then when but, he gets there, he realises it's a pitching day full of younger producers. And so he's sort of outgunned, outnumbered, etc. And I think that is a plot device yeah. they use in Nomad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's covered off where he goes, well, exactly as you've said, goes to the BBC under the hope of a one-on-one meeting. But actually, the reality is he's with younger, better, fitter <laughs> producers. Um, Do we need to talk about Jizlam? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We do need to talk about Jizlam, um, because obviously there's a bit in the studio where, uh, where Psychic Simon has uh, gone on off under his own steam and, uh, and started talking about the potential for uh, Judaism and Islam to be combined as Jizlam, uh, <laughs> which Alan is horrified by and obviously is then motioning desperately for him to stop. So uh, I wondered if you'd be able, obviously they're on the mid-morning slot, I wondered if you'd be able to get away with that, so I did what any sane rational adult would do and wrote to Ofcom. Um, obviously. <laughs> My email went like this. If a mid-morning radio show on a commercial UK station referred to the theoretical merging of Islam and Judaism as Jislam during a light-hearted segment, and the same show featured the presenter reading out the question, is it true you're being taken over by a bunch of corporate hordes, do you believe a complaint about that programme would be likely to be upheld based on the use of those terms? And they replied, we do not offer hypothetical views on the possibility of complaints <laughs> being upheld. Which was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> Um, that bit rattles Alan so much that he then desperately trying to get back to his uh, his radio gold by yep. saying things like, "You can go around in circles looking for names for something, even a cat," which I think is a, is a bit of a callback to uh, when he's talking to Lynn in an earlier series. He's like, "You couldn't present a cat. cat. Yeah. Cat's his yeah. default word, isn't it?" Yeah. yeah. 
But surely kind of uh, insulting uh, religion is music to Alan's ears. I'm kind of surprised he's offended by it. You think he'd be like, you know, happy to join in, provide opinion, like commentary. I but think I think is. is that more when it's late night, he's he's fine. And when he's mid-morning, he's more worried about things. And he, he's happy, but he's got a very strict code about which religions you can sock it to and in what level. That's, true, yeah. true. He is clear. Christians all the time and Jews a little bit, yeah. to quote him directly. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Um, should we should we move on to um, Alan's house? We should, but I just want to mention that there are some dedications on his show for people wrongly turned down for planning permission. It may not seem important now, but I have a <laughs> mind-blowing theory for the second half. Oh, Ooh, yes. Okay. Um, he also asked what smell we'd all miss the most. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the large question, isn't it? Yeah. Buttered crumpets and roast garlic. Move on. Ooh, coffee. Lovely coffee. Uh... John Lewis. I haven't even <laughs> the, the, what the general smell of John Lewis. Are you on? Are you on commission? Are you is on it? an E? No, it's just a lovely place to shop. Uh, uh, freshly baked bread is mine. There you go. Mm, yeah, nice. Sure. Uh, so now we're in Alan's house, a different house to the yeah. one he was building. Not he's, ha- he's had multiple houses as well because he's, six figure income. Yeah, but he's had yeah. the house. The house that was built in uh, I'm Alan Partridge series two. Yeah. Denton Abbey in. Uh, <laughs> Scissor Isles, yep. and this is also a different house. Yep. He's paying a fortune in stamp duty. He's got a <laughs> property portfolio. He is a mogul at yeah, this point. True. And it, we've, we've discussed this before, but where is all this money coming from? Because he is on regional radio. It's not from Skirmish, and I don't think it's from regional radio either, to I be honest. Like Skirmish has been axed years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, d- I don't think we're ever really going to get to the bottom of that. We're never going to know. We'll He's debted up to the wazoo, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is. Yeah. It's up the wazoo. Not just enough to buy all this business portfolio, but also to build a business centre shed yeah. in the garden. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I, I had a question about this. As Lynn is finding him in the business centre, he's singing Coconut. What is that song? No idea. He's going, no idea. Coconut, Coconut. <laughs> Don't know what that is. We'll look it up Good, at the No internet. one's got the insight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom was secretly hoping someone was going to leap to their yeah. feet then Nobody, and continue no, no. the song from where we'll, we left We'll off. never know. Um, he's got... Uh, let's talk about the decor of his business centre yeah. as well. So there's, uh, there's a picture of a Spitfire on the wall, which is a nice throwback to uh, Iron Man and Partridge Series 1, where he's trying to get people sacked, talking to Chris Fenner yes. at the BBC. Just give him a painting of a Spitfire and let him go, <laughs> yep. indicating that Alan has been let he's go. He's been let go, At yep. some yep. point, yep. yeah. And then there's also a photo of him at uh, a Norwich City football ground, um, but it's... Uh, they talk about it a bit on the commentary. It's basically a photo of the crowd with Delia Smith in it. And then at the very ah. bottom, you've got about this much of Alan's head. And uh, he obviously thought that was that's a close enough brush with, fra- with fame that it needs. Framing. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out who the who that was in the photo. So, yeah. Oh, and yes. it's also because she owns Norwich City. Yes. Yeah. And also, you, City, I think um, <laughs> you've got Alan himself on his own calendar in the business centre as well. <laughs> of course. Classic and Alan. Quite a lot of the images in the background are blurred out as well. So what do we think that that's... What, what do you think they've done that they haven't been able to get clearance? Nick, I defer to you as someone who used to work in movies who can tell uh, me. Uh, let's say clearances. Uh, I don't, I don't right, right, he knows, he's not allowed to say. Is it blurred out, though, or is it a kind of artistic I, kind of light that's flare? That's what you can't really tell, I but I, I didn't notice really? it. Really? I wasn't prepared to watch the film twice. <laughs> <laughs> You've not even watched it once, have you? Well, mm. let's skim over it. Anyway, he's heard about now. it. Let's move on to the important point of Alan, as you can see here. Boobs. Caught. Red, well, <laughs> red one-handed. Uh, <laughs> oh God! By Lynn, his his excuse that he's uh, checking Osprey figures is so precise and said so quickly. It's like he knew he was going to get caught one day. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, practi- he's practiced the that. whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it also cuts from boobs in his glasses to a bum as he's checking Osprey yep. figures. So <laughs> it I, sure like does. The, I, I like the fact that although he's been caught red-handed by Lynn, he doesn't stop, does he? <laughs> he's, <laughs> no, he's still <laughs> looking. To spin those scrolling plates, through, <laughs> chatting to Lynn and still enjoying the porn. <laughs> Um, I also love that he, uh, oh yeah, he's doing voiceover for Bevan's the Butchers. Bevan's the Butchers. Yesterday's meat at today's prices. That's not, that's not even a brag, is it? <laughs> no, but he, you do see him go, no, hang on a minute. I've got oh, that yeah. wrong. <laughs> Maybe he's got it wrong. And also, he accepts the free, of this, he accepts the freedom of the village of Hicklin, but only because he gets a big key. And yep. Lynn knows, obviously Lynn and Alan, they're not level pegging, but they're on more of an even keel these days. She knows the only way to get him to accept that offer is by throwing in a big key. Yeah. Yeah, and she knows how big the key's going to be and that that's going to work for him, basically. Yeah. Their relationship yeah. is much more cordial at this point. I feel like, has he mellowed slightly and she's gained confidence in the relationship? Because they've definitely moved on. Yeah, you can probably. See yeah. It wouldn't be natural for her to be so subservient as we've seen her in the past after all these yeah, years. because I feel like in earlier days of Alan, he would have been annoyed that Lynn busted in on the business centre and caught him red-handed, whereas this time, it's like, it's, it's fine. So what, you're saying, so what you're saying is she might be on as much as 10 grand a year now. Yeah, yeah she's, had, she's had a pay rise, yeah, finally. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and just before we 
we move on from this scene as well, I uh, need to talk about Michael texting him that he hasn't <laughs> bought toilet paper in 18 months. At this point, I, I, was, <laughs> I was really concerned when I first watched this that Michael wouldn't be in the film. And then, uh, oh, you was, thought they'd just refer to him w- and he'd never appear? Well, no, until this moment, I just did, I didn't right. know if he, they, they yeah. might just, just gloss over poor old Michael, but I was so pleased to hear that he's uh, still stealing things from pubs. But uh, yeah, I, I thought um, what was great about this, why is he texting Alan that he's stealing toilet paper well, from a pub? Say, like, why do you need to share that information? Yeah, is that like an, an excerpt from a text or is that the sole contents of the message? I just assumed it's con- he's bragging, <laughs> basically maybe, maybe showing it's cause, off. It's because Alan loves being thrifty, and so he thought he'd be proud. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't maybe. Know. So, question: What have you stolen from a pub? <laughs> well, Good I've question. never. I've, I don't think nothing I can remember. I was probably drunk if I ever did. But I did have a friend who had a ch- who was challenged by another friend to see the biggest thing she could steal from a pub, and uh, she got all the way up to a coal scuttle, which I thought was very good. It's very. That's very impressive. I mean, I think it was like a, it was a pregnancy cover. She sort of went, you know, oh no, I've got to go. <laughs> my <laughs> baby's clanking. My, my baby is the shape of a coal scuttle. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I've got to go. <laughs> That's what you say when you yeah, leave the pub. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's right. pub chat, isn't it? Um, so we move on to uh, the well, uh, the opening credits and and more studio footage. Um, one thing is that we're introduced to Danny Sinclair, who is a shit, isn't he? Can he, I, I? I want to ask a question: Who is worse, Danny or Ben? Oh, they're both Ooh. dicks, aren't they? I yeah. hate Danny. I think I it's hate a, oh, I've Nick. got a bit of time for Ben, just a bit, but. I think the thing is, Ben kind of is a bit of a shit to Alan, but in a kind of practical joker sort of sense. Whereas I think Danny Sinclair is just kind of, he just wants to get ahead in his career and just mocks Alan in quite a vicious way. I think Ben is, Ben is better. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, also, I, think... I, I just took one look at Danny Sinclair and thought, sadness behind the eyes. Yeah, well. I, think Dan, yeah. I think Danny's worse. I was trying to work out how old Danny Sinclair's meant very, to be. Exactly. Yeah. Very I thought it was, it was like a bit of a comic, because you do get regional radio presenters on in the morning who are basically like, hi guys, yeah, I just got in from the club, and they're all about yeah. 45. So I, looked, yeah, I tried, like, to, I tried exactly. to look it up. He's obviously he's played by Dustin Demery Burns of Cardinal Burns. Um, so I went on IMDb, and his age information is absent. I went on Wikipedia, and there was no entry. I went to Actors Like Me, dot com and under age it just said not enough data um, <laughs> we are very thorough in our research i went to his own agent's website and even they'll only say 30s so i mean <laughs> yeah that means he's 39 or 40 it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's anyone's guess isn't it? eternally and 29 in fact, speaking of age release. of course what happens in this scene as well is on the radio danny sinclair says that alan's 60 and obviously alan's only 55 so he's fuming about that what a shit bag <laughs> um alan's got a new car that's important the Kia. The Kia. Yeah, yep. there he is. So, um, I mean, that, that's, well, that's another, that's how Alan's saving money in other places by basically having point. heavy branding on his yeah, car. So he's probably got that for free, hasn't yeah. he? A few things about this. Ferndale's Motors is not real, sadly. Uh, there are several online guards, guides to Partridge Motors, uh, and he is referenced in a two-star Telegraph review of this car. Um, also I wondered one advantage of having branding all the way down the side of the Kia is it means it's harder for vandals to get to it and write cock piss partridge so. <laughs> you could modify you could tip X out some of the parts of letters maybe that might work <laughs> I haven't got time to work that out no, yeah, yeah. No, we can play um, with that in your own heads <laughs> and so obviously you've got the uh, infamous Roachford uh, song cuddly toy in this scene and I thought it was quite interesting Danny Sinclair thinks he's He's cool, but then it's like, mm, he's working on a radio station where they're playing Roachford on the breakfast show. Yeah, exactly. He, it's a radio station playing music for old people, so he's actually not cool at all. I don't think any young people genuinely listen to regional radio, do they? Or any radio, possibly, but yeah, let's, exactly. not, let's not get point. into that Good now point. yet. Do you yeah, want no. some cuddly toys, stats and facts? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was released uh, in 1989, I think, and reached number four Well, you're telling the us charts. the facts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got the wrong notes in front of me. Always prepared. Uh, was, yeah, so reach number four. It's got 2.9 million streams on Spotify, which equates to about 14 grand straight into Roachford's pocket. So uh, he's doing all right from that. But uh, yeah, it's quite a good song, I think. 1989. So you would have been... 31. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very funny. Yeah. yeah. Alan arrives... And uh, Michael's there, immediately reprimanded for snotting at the radio station. <laughs> he's done that before, hasn't he? He's got yeah, previous. 100%. Yeah, yeah he's definitely. Done it yeah. I believe we've got visual. There we go. There he is. There we go. Yeah, because I think the first time I saw this film, I think I missed Michael's, like, because you yeah. just hear the receptionist inside saying, do it outside. Yeah. So, questions about Michael's employment status. Was he fired from the petrol station? And has Alan yes. demanded that he join him at the radio station? It could he, have been any number of things that he's done. Hitting a customer, naked yeah. flames on the forecourt. Um, yeah. <laughs> St- I mean, stealing money. F- about that. Stealing handle. money from the till. Yeah. He's not allowed to handle money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I can give an in- an insight into this from Nomad that Michael, um, sorry, Alan did help Michael get the job at the radio station. He couldn't have got it on his own merits. No, he? not a chance. <laughs> no, probably not. But do they really need a security guard? Security from what? 
Have you watched the film? No. A man with a gun. A drunk racist ex-girlfriend. No, no, nothing. You've had your fun. And you've got another great example of, again, Danny trying to be cool, Alan not quite getting with it when Danny tries to fist bump him and Alan thinks he's trying to play rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Bit awkward. Fist bump? Well, because Danny thinks he's down with the kids. I don't think the kids do that. Well, exactly. That's that's the joke, oh. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> he's getting it wrong. There's going like to be a you. lot of that this evening. <laughs> um, I wish there was more Michael and Lynn in this film. Just Definitely. jumping into the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the Gibbons brothers on the commentary says, some people would have liked to have seen a lot more of Michael. Yes, but you have to use him <laughs> sparingly, to which I say... Incorrect. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Clifton's in, on the scene now. Yes. Yep. Uh, a lot of people argue that Dave should have been the uh, the antagonist of this film instead of Pat Farrell, which I can. I've got a lot. Yeah, of time for I that always theory. thought that would have worked better in this film, but. And also would have led on from, you know, at the end of... uh, uh, I Partridge. I Partridge, they have a big, like, there's a big chase sequence and they basically, the whole thing comes to a massive head. Yeah. I think it would have made sense. It would have been good. Yeah, I I think it would have made much more sense, but But what do we know? It's quite nice to have him in this guise in that he has basically, he's he's, he's fallen to his lowest step. Shall I uh, read a quote from what Dave Clifton says in this scene? Please do. (laughs) Uh, Dave Clifton says, I like waking up in the morning, breathing in the air and actually realising I've made it through the night and I haven't wet the bed. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. To continue, I am joking, obviously, but they were, of course, very, very dark days indeed, but they're all behind me now. Yep. They're not. Are they really behind him, <laughs> those? No. But didn't you buy mattress protectors this week? No, that was for you. <laughs> oh, right. Did you? You went, didn't That's because you're staying over tonight. Oh, am I? I don't remember saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We didn't even script that. It was my understanding no money would change hands. <laughs> Definitely not happening. Um, so is all of Dave Clifton's radio content about his own breakdown? Because yes. certainly it is in this film. Everything yeah. you see in this film is, is definitely... Tuning, who's tuning in day after day to listen to an hour and a half of Dave Clifton talking about waking up with someone else's dirty pants on <laughs> or like crying in a skip or like doing heroin? Sounds quite good. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. Um, it's a night out. That's, that's probably sure. why they've been taken over, because someone needs to take control, because the station's falling into disrepair with these lousy uh, presenters. That's very true. <laughs> so hang on. You're wait on, a minute. <laughs> wait. You're on, shape, you're on shape side. You'd prefer shape yeah. the way you want it to be. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Corporate whore, Nickel. It's all got a bit panto in here now. <laughs> No, Nick, if you like it, that's uh, fine. Your, no, si- I'm ju- I'm your silence is deafening. I'm setting the scene. I'm explaining. Sure. Mm. Um, Angela, Alan's future love interest, comes in at this point. Uh, there's a bit of a chat where they refer to the West Wing while ripping off uh, Walk and Talk from yes. the West Wing. Yep. Um, she's very plain, isn't she? Do we know what happened to Sonia, lovely Sonia? They're just not a thing anymore. No. I don't know. Oh, he's uh, in, the, in, uh, in the book, she's Alan's cleaner now, isn't she? He dumps her. He dumps her. He dumps her, but re-employs her as a cleaner. <laughs> Incredible. Um, and uh, I couldn't work out if uh, if she has a disability or not because she's unlocking the disabled Lou as we go by, but it's never really explored, is it? I think she just likes the genuine comfort and space that comes with the disabled facilities. <laughs> so possibly. do I. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> it's terrible, terrible. Um, she's also reading a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Uh, I looked this up. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a self-help book by Dr. Spencer Johnson and on iTunes it has one review and it's one star, but at Monkey Tennis we know one star reviews are not to be trusted even if you've got 14 of them. <laughs> <laughs> is it only 14 <laughs> <laughs> so far <laughs> it might be more after this anyway and yeah shape or obviously trying to take over uh, uh, north they've bought north north digital a lot of corporate jargon flowing around exciting new phase multi-platform content delivery uh, a lot of bad news hidden in there uh, i've got mm. a- an example of similar corporate jargon that irked me a lot when apple music launched uh, there was a q a on their website and it said does apple music work on android phones and then they put underneath yes we're excited to offer apple music <laughs> for the android platform it's coming this autumn or, as I rephrased it, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, but it's yeah. not here yet. Um, speaking of nonsense, uh, this is Alan's <laughs> saying that he's going to go and have a word with, uh, with the board on Pat and everybody's behalf. And then Pat says, thank you, Alan, you're a pal. And then Alan replies, well, pals is pals. <laughs> what? What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if he, he's genuinely flummoxed because he's never been in a position where someone said, thanks, Alan, you're a friend before. Yeah, that it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't know what's going on. So on to the boardroom. The infamous boardroom. Also, are there that many people that would sit on the board of a local radio station? <laughs> I can't believe it. Seriously. No, I think we should spend some more time <laughs> on this. <laughs> if everyone could just take a moment in silence to think about the boards of regional radio stations. Thinking about it. Yeah. Just That's think all about I got. It. <laughs> anyway, the, sta- anyway. the station manager's a bit of a weasel, isn't yeah. he? Alan comes in. Apparently, it's not a good time, but then... Is it Cress- Jason Cresswell or Jason Jason Tresswell? It's Tresswell. Tresswell. Then Tresswell says, "No, no, now is a good time." And then they say, "Okay, now is a good time." So in he comes, and you've got the uh, great uh, 
slap around the face with the leather driving gloves. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, good I moment. Think- I guess Alan probably would do that. He's probably out of touch with how he'd behave in the boardroom. Um, he's never really seen senior management, certainly not the BBC, and wouldn't know how to conduct I don't think himself. he meant to slap him around the face, though. <laughs> no. I think he meant to be close as a joke. Was that the joke? I think I he just he meant to slap him in the face. I thought it was just like an he involuntary... He was let's, let's take this to the audience. For those of you that have sent Alpha Kappa, if you think he meant to slap the guy <laughs> in the face with the gloves, please make some noise now. If you think it was a tragic accident, make some noise now. Wow, we have our answer. accident. There it go. is. There there we go. Go. <laughs> Can you come to all our recordings? We have a lot of arguments. <laughs> so uh, Alan debates whether, or well, kind of says uh, people say that feck off isn't as bad as fuck off. I believe well, Adam, we have the answer to this, don't we? We do. Yes, um, the definitive answer. So definitive I, answer. I went to the interwebs to get the definitive answer. Uh, there has been a ruling on this um, by the people that look after print advertising uh, because Magnus used it in a print ad in 2008, and a complaint was overruled on the basis that it's a mild rebuff, not a swear word. There we go. No, that is the answer. So use it around children, <laughs> to the elderly, wherever you like. Print advertising, it's fine. Yep. Thanks, Magnus. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Um, if Alan hadn't interfered in this scene, who would have been sacked, him or Pat? Mm. Could it be both? I reckon, yeah, I, mean, I reckon both, yeah, both would have gone. I reckon get yeah. rid of both of them. Yeah, I think, I think still Pat, because he's knackered, isn't he? <laughs> his, <laughs> his, show, his show is not going to get any better. How is Clifton not on the list? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a good point. How's Clifton yeah. got round The man is there. openly talking about his drug abuse <laughs> yeah. online. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah. in the bed. That, <laughs> that is a massive yeah. plot hole. <laughs> I also noticed that Psychic Simon on the list is safe whatever happens. How does that work? Well, Psychic Simon's good, though. Yeah, but... But he's the sidekick. Well, yeah, I know, but they clearly have got big plans for him. They're going to promote him, maybe give him his own show. The point is, they're going to uh, promote a sidekick and a bedwetter. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know Clifton's going to get a promotion. Yeah, to be fair. And yeah. You've done quite well, to be fair, in yeah, business, yeah. Tom. Very, very yeah. good. <laughs> so, um, Just Sack Pat uh, is obviously one of the key bits of this uh, scene. You can see it up there, and uh, a couple of uh, examples of it out and about in the public. I think these are taken from Glastonbury um, a few years ago. Yeah, I think that's... I've, I've seen that at Glastonbury two years in a row, I think, that flag. And obviously, it's made it onto telly as well. And probably... Uh, I've, in I've seen it written on whiteboards in my office, too. <laughs> so, it's really got to help there. Oh dear. And from a character who has produced so many memes throughout the years, this is probably the only sort of meme-worthy quip quote that's come out of this film, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, film, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you get a few people doing a bit of I am Siege face, but... Really, I think they tried to make that so I think like they, their it's expectation thing, is that it? was a like a killer line or that, that was, was like a, be... that was like the, the marketing team's meme and it just hasn't yeah. caught on has no. it? I've got two yeah. very quick questions before we move on because we must move on. Um He's still got his driving gloves on. He's been out of the car for about a quarter of an hour. What's that about? <laughs> no idea. Classic just, Alan. He just, just loves it. It's them. an example to do the gag, isn't it? Yeah. Loves and it, also, love. just sack Pat, why would he write it down and not say it? 
I guess that's, again, that's another joke. massive plot it's, hole. It's if you... for flourish, isn't it? I guess he's like three words, just like that. Yeah. And I do love the end of this scene when he's gone out and you just hear he's heavily breathing, going, oh, fuck, and then just like drags his gloves out from oh, behind yeah. the door. They improvised that as well. They threw that in at the time. It wasn't, uh, wasn't planned. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so Pat's on his way out. It looks like he's got a Kermit the Frog doll. It's in his box of stuff that he's leaving yeah, if with. You, yeah, we've got a screen grab of that up here. Have we? So his moving box. You see the green eggs there? <laughs> yeah, look. <laughs> that look, that, look, that, that looks like Kermit to me. <laughs> That's the sort of man we're dealing with. He must be in his late 50s at least. Yeah, get rid. Oh, easily. Just really quickly as well. Um, I think probably a few of you will be aware already, but Brendan Gleeson was uh, apparently one of the people considered for that role to begin with. Uh, and he read the script and didn't like it, apparently. And then uh, I read that they, they said they were making some changes and they just didn't <laughs> so so Colm was out Matthew Kelly was also in the, in the frame at one point who's, who's since since so been bizarre. in a play with Simon Greenall that plays Michael what um, part was Matthew Kelly up for for, 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 for that part yeah yeah I, he, I was in, he was that. in the Pat frame has he done anything recently yeah he's no. in plays he's done he's, he's bounced back go he's on. in a play with si- <laughs> go, on, it, go he, on he's in a play with Simon Greenall at the yeah, moment what, what Partridge alumni Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do your research. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anyone else got anything uh, w- about the, the scene where he's leaving? Obviously, he's taking a fake phone call from Jeff Susan. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> I love that bit. Who's Jeff? Jeff Susan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I uh, d- do you want to discuss. Has anyone ever been caught out with fake phone calls like Alan is in this scene? Uh, no, but the only thing I've done is when someone who a manager or. Uh, artist who uh, wanted to come in and <laughs> talk to me. I pretended to be on the phone so that they uh, same sort of thing. So but then the phone's never rung yeah, halfway yeah, yeah. through. No, 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 no. Thank yeah, God. I mean, I, I've heard anecdotally about. I've uh, got to be careful how I phrase this. Uh, certain senior, pe- <laughs> certain senior people in a. The music industry walking around buildings that ha- are known to have no mobile phone reception and pretending to take phone calls all the time. <laughs> I'll leave it at that, but brilliant. Tom knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> maybe we'll get drunk and tell you later. Um, yeah, we're back at Alan's house. Uh, Lynn's sitting on the toilet. Alan's trimming his nasal hair. Yeah, which... So uh, their relationship has really uh, <laughs> developed, hasn't it? Yeah. Very close. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, we are you see that him trimming going, his though. nasal hair in uh, <laughs> I'm Alan Partridge as well, don't you? So... Yep. It's consistent. Keeping mm. it trim. Would you go as far as to say that they're friends now? Well, uh, I think yeah. They, I think they are, loosely. But I think for the purpose of the breakdown that happens later, I think they're purposefully, for the for the story, brought they're together. a bit closer yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it's revealed later that he took her for a Christmas meal. That wouldn't have happened in the days of I'm Alan Partridge, would it? That's a very good point. He wouldn't want to spend the money for a start. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the shape rebranding party, um, it looked to me like a, a, a launch that lots of people that rarely have occasion to dress <laughs> up are basically forced to, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bad suits. It's like their one night of the year where they actually go and uh, get to have fun, but uh, it doesn't look good. No. Just um, thinking about the start of this scene, the way this opens with you've got Alan makes a really rubbish joke about iPad, my pad, like yeah. to Lynn, and she's just laughing, having a lovely time. And again, you would never would have seen them interact in such a kind of nice way. Previ- yep. and I'm Alan Potter, I he, he wouldn't have done a joke for her benefit before, no. would he? No. no. Um, so he's talking to Angela again. She finally delivers a killer line uh, when he's he's doing a re- repurposing a poem. And she goes, as if that wasn't bad enough, it ate my sock upon the moor. Which I thought was, was pretty good. But then he obviously finds fault with it because yeah. accuracy <laughs> over compliments yep. equals Alan. Classic Alan. So, um, yeah, he's like, why would a sock be on the moor? And he does a bit. The good thing is he doesn't, he doesn't like uh, deliver that instantly. He does take time to think about it and just like, hmm. Yeah. Just mulling it over, mulling it over, mulling it I over. Will that. Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not good enough. Not good enough. Uh, there's more of Dave Clifton's problems. Yeah. He has a chat with psychic Simon. I speed <laughs> up some of the old stomach lining. I don't know if you've ever done any horse and Simon <laughs> trying to lighten them. Up. I rode a donkey once. Feels like no, I mean heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he it, knows you do, Dave. <laughs> I, I feel like Clifton's uh, issues or, or demons in the film are a lot darker than they were in a TV show. It's basically yeah. cocaine and hookers, which was not uh, for, for the BBC. No, he's talking about coke, hookers, and heroin. So I guess those days were building in Iron Man and Partridge when he was just yep. a good old-fashioned alcoholic <laughs> living on Chinese food. He progressed from yeah. there, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's got much worse. Um, there's a brief discussion of Alan's old flame, the drunk racist. Uh, he'll tolerate one, but not both. Um, <laughs> which which but, one would you tolerate? Uh, oh, drunk over racist, sure. <laughs> Again, think about it. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. <laughs> we should script this. <laughs> Jed, we could probably edit that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, Nick, Jed's saying he can't possibly edit. We'll oh. have to keep it in. Steve Coogan said in the commentary that he really didn't like this bit. He wasn't a fan of this character, didn't like this scene particularly, but he was a big fan of sort of Lynn like stepping up and, and dealing with it. And oh, being dispatching more his ex, Dispatching yeah. her, yeah. Exactly. Well, it was, the whole thing's basically just just a, a plot mechanic to get him out of the station when exactly, Pat goes yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The and they recognise that as well. I, I did think this uh, this kind of former love interest, the drunk racist, uh, she's basically Jill Mark too. I thought. Yeah, she's, she's a bit. Kind of uh, yeah. looks a bit similar, acts mm, a bit similar. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's Alan's type. That's what he goes for. The actress who plays uh, who plays the drunk racist uh, was also in The Lakes, one of my favourite programmes, as a lady who gets her husband's penis cut off. Mm. A televisual treat for Charming. everyone. Lovely. Uh, but <laughs> in this, she disinfects skates for a living, and that's how they met. Um, <laughs> so Lynn removes the threat by putting her in a cab saying, God loves everyone, even sluts. Um, uh, but Pat is in with a shooter at this point. And, uh, yeah, and it, I did think it's actually quite a sinister moment when you kind of see the gunshots happening behind him as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Alan is pretty much oblivious to it. He him. has no yeah. idea what's going on. I think he's... T- too busy because you kind of overhear the love interest character being bundled into the car and the only bit of the line you hear is saying chinky when i'm pissed so that gives you a level of, <laughs> that's where she's at so yeah, she's terrible um and of course presumably it, she's gone back to charm school where she's yeah uh, yeah um <laughs> and there's there's the bit about um when she says to alan oh you weren't complaining the other night and he said i couldn't speak so i think uh <laughs> bloody imp- hell implication there's some well i'm not quite sure what's going on there chocolate we don't need to chocolate <laughs> At least she can't be racist during. Um, so, uh, Pat shot at Alan as soon as he went in the radio station. Would he? That seems like... He le- shot at him? Yeah. Pat well, he goes Pat through the window, doesn't goes it? Through the, maybe he couldn't tell it was I Alan, don't think, yeah. I, I think he's just shooting at no. anything. Yeah. I love the bit where uh, Alan suddenly pumped up on uh, on adrenaline and goes, You stepped to me! Like that. <laughs> uh, briefly drunk on the joy of hitting someone in the face with a fire extinguisher. He turns out to be Simon. Uh, he then abandoned Simon immediately. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. Plumbed in the face with Absolutely. this fire extinguisher. Um, and, uh, yeah, then goes to commandeer a vehicle, but uh, <laughs> is trying to explain the severity yeah. of the situation to the woman in the car, who's actually a man with a wig on. Um, and then, uh, Good fact. Pat, yeah, but ha- has to get to the point where he describes Pat as Irish before she she realizes it's a serious. <laughs> and he's as Irish, as, yeah. <laughs> get in as soon as he says that he's off to literally go round the corner. They literally <laughs> drive round the corner, and as he's getting out of the car, the door slams. She goes, "Are you Alan Pat?" And yeah. the door slams. So, question: Is this the first time that, apart from Jed Maxwell, Alan has actually been recognised? <laughs> I yeah. think definitely in terms of what we've seen on screen, yes. Yeah. It speaks to the high stakes of the situation that he doesn't stick around and then have a five-minute chat. Yeah. 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 That could have been quite a good joke, actually. Yeah, yeah just stop to sign something. Um, so he's in the police station describing the charges, chronic thuggery, brandishment, harm, actual harm, <laughs> uh, correcting the policewoman's H's, as uh, Nick did in the intro. Yep. Julia Davis was considered for a role as one of the policewomen, but uh, apparently, I think according to an interview with Steve Coogan, she kept trying to introduce loads of extra character traits. I want this policewoman to be gay. I want her to have her own like subplot. And so she ended up not being in it, which is a shame. Liberties, yeah. Davis. Liberties. <laughs> but uh, Sean Pertwee is introduced and Jessica Nappett, who was my suggestion on a previous Monkey Tennis episode for uh, Partridge Reboot, if there ever was. Yeah, to be, uh, yeah, to be yeah, Alanis yeah, yeah. Partridge. Oh, no, the that's young, not... no, the young one, not the main. Oh, ah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. There's an excessive number of police people introduced at this point, isn't there? We have like five in three minutes. Yeah, well, you know. It's a siege. It's I'm a not, serious situation. I'm not saying it's a bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's beaten into deference by Sean Pertwee's uh, alpha male macho-ness. He yeah, he would with, end you. I aim to please you and I hope to impress you. <laughs> 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 he's like, good man. <laughs> yes, you're a good man too. <laughs> he also really has to query, like, who's in charge because obviously when the policewoman's there, he's just like which one of you is yeah. in charge like can it be can it be you yeah, yeah. And he's like it's very much this woman here he's, he's, on, he he's on his kiss. way he's, he's on the road to pr- political correctness but he's not there is he no yeah, not no. quite he's, he's getting better but he's not quite there yep um, and uh, we find out that he's still got aggressive athlete's foot which I think is just important background info it's never going like to go that. away is it little touch yeah. I like yeah. that we also know that he's, uh, is he, he shot a cat, hasn't he? As well, well he, it's implied. <laughs> he says, oh, it's a, I, I've only had, I had one panic. He's like, why are you saying I've had panic attacks? I've had one panic attack. It was a perfect <laughs> storm of no sleep, no wife, and angry brushes coming towards me. Uh, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't use a gun to shoot, you know, I used a gun, but only to shoot, what was it? It's like cans or something. I, I wouldn't shoot it at a person or a, a cat. cat. Once again, he, it's the cat comes to the fore. Always, he shot, yeah, he right, shot a cat, a cat. hasn't he? He, yeah. shot a cat. Yeah. he shot a cat, yeah. <laughs> uh, a fantastic scene where he tries to make a speech and is constantly uh, interrupted. Yeah, I love that when he says, yeah. why have you got another siege to get to? Yeah, <laughs> a great line. <laughs> and uh, when he thinks he's genuinely not going to get to speak to his kids anymore, his final... <laughs> <laughs> his final was, why don't you speak to me anymore? Which I was genuinely quite sad for him. Yeah. Well, I think a, one, yeah, a few years back, he probably didn't care that they didn't speak to him in, anymore because he was busy with other things. But now it's like the reality's hit home that he's actually pretty lonely. Yeah. In the twilight years, he's uh, he's pining yeah. for Fernando and Denise, isn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, he couldn't think of a line when he's offered a gun by the policeman. He says, uh, "He's like, do, do you want to hold my gun?" He's like, "Does a 
Yes, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Which, yeah. in fact, according to the commentary, that's just because the writers couldn't think of anything to say. So they thought, we'll just make it Alan that can't come up with anything, and that's fine. It's pretty evident, isn't it? Uh, especially if you listen to the commentary, that a lot of this was pretty much written on the fly. They were doing extensive rewrites. The whole right. kind of writing process was very frantic. And yep. I think you can actually see a lot of that. In so, the- and so- Coogan describes the whole process as a nightmare and is very critical <laughs> about his extreme. own performance, saying he wasn't on this sort of top game, top form. Yeah. Uh, a, a bit of a spoiler from the end, but on the commentary, the very last thing he says of the credits roll is, uh, well, that was a film. High <laughs> <laughs> praise indeed. It's a bit worrying, well, a bit concerning really to think it feels like the writing for this film was quite down to the wire and anecdotally from commentaries and what have you from I'm Alan Partridge series two, the writing for that was right to the last minute as well. Do you think they need to be a bit more organised? Yeah, be better under pressure. Um, do, do, your re- do your preparation, your <laughs> research. So Alan is sent into the siege, uh, and there's a lot of politics and power struggles at this point between Alan, Jason, Pat, Simon, Danny, etc. Um, one thing I noticed is that they've been careful to put a lot of less likeable characters in the film than Alan, haven't they? Yes. I'm, I'm very much yeah. more on his side. Um, or, or even Pat. I mean, Pat's the villain of the piece, but I'm, I'm on his side more than I am Greg's, Danny's, Jason's, well, maybe even Dave. Pat is Pat really the villain of the piece? Isn't it Shape the villain of the piece? I guess in a way? Shape turns out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you you have actually kind of a rare example of moral decency from Alan when he goes into the siege. They're letting people out, so Greg is on his way out, and he says, "Yeah, sleep well, Greg." Yeah, Greg is a shit. He's getting out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. he's out of there. Um, and uh, I like the bit a bit later on. Uh, Jason calls Alan his left-hand man, and he's like, oh, you're my right-hand man. And then you watch him itch for a couple of minutes because <laughs> he stood on the wrong side of Jason to be his left-hand man. <laughs> he sort of can't handle it, and then he has to reposition himself. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, Danny, Danny's complaining because he gets punched, doesn't he? He's like, Danny's like, he hit me. And Alan's like, well, let's not get into who hit who or who, you know, may have deserved yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he, he definitely had it coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing to sort of make you feel a bit more fondly of Pat is that um, he, he admits he, he has a curry with Pat once a year. Doesn't like the man, really, but... He, has a, he doesn't have a starter either, no. but, um, but he does have a curry with him once a year. He's taking Lynn out for a Christmas. Makes it as meal. quick as possible. He's, yeah. al- he's sort of almost a changed man. He's sort of. He's. I guess that's part mm. of the arc. It's part of the arc of the film, isn't it? Is that he's quite sort of settled, content, a yeah. bit more friendly. But then he starts to see the potential to turn this siege to his advantage, and then he exactly, yeah. So it doesn't take it doesn't take very much for him to revert to full asshole Alan mode. Yeah. <laughs> also, the chap playing Jason, not to be mean, but. It feels like he's play he's in a slightly worse but more serious film than everyone else. Oh, especially when he's when he freaks out about that he's gonna die. Yeah. It's a bit over the top, isn't it? Yeah. I mean um, you would be quite over the top if you're gonna die. I don't know, I haven't been in that situation, but uh <laughs> He uh he does he does sort of chew the scenery a bit in this film. Yeah, yeah. he's all yeah. over the place. Oh yeah, Pat at one point is saying in front of Psychic Simon, I've got balls coming out of my ass. Again, Simon itching to make a joke <laughs> out of it, but very very aware there's a gun strapped to his head. <laughs> And is it at this point, as I think we've got on the screen behind us, yep, yeah, there he is. Pat is dressed as a Mexican. Mexican Pat. Yeah. Uh, why <laughs> is he dressed as a Mexican? But the best I could find from the commentary was that they said, they, they used this as, uh, uh, there's a few tools around this point to show that Pat is not evil. He's just unhinged. Uh, so he's putting a costume on. He does weird voices. It's not a premeditated plan. It's very unpredictable. So he's just having a bit of fun. He's found a dressing up box in the studio. Just a like, bit of fun. <laughs> Happens to have a full Mexican outfit. Just a so bit very odd. Yeah. There's um, not many other instances of that, though. The rest of it is pretty much... It's the only bit, that, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. not consistent. It's no. just a Again, do we think that might be a flaw in the writing because they were still writing the scene before they... I'm not saying that. Why are you yeah. saying that? <laughs> well, I'm just suggesting. Very strange. Um, th- th- there's a bit where Alan's having a conversation and he's talking about uh, the use of safety words in sort of BDSM sex situations. Yeah. Uh, he's like, What's you know, that? people use a... Uh, people use... Actually, no, no, good question. No, Adam, what what... BDSM. Oh god, I can't remember what it stands for. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm, a likely yeah. story. It's, it's bondage, sadomasochism. Do you know what the D of BDSM is? Oh, you <laughs> filthy bastards! Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Prince Absolute John Cinema. Filth. In case the microphone didn't pick that up, basically everybody knew that word. <laughs> <laughs> Our crowd. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's talking about using a safety word and he uses the examples airbag or crayfish. Uh, he's, oh, yeah, he's like, at least when someone puts on a mask, you can use a safe word like crayfish, which is very important because later on when he, uh, instead of escaping, goes to sleep, he wakes up going, crayfish! So he's obviously been and having I've, sex dreams whilst hel- wild held hostage. And I think that also links back to the former uh, racist lover who's dispatched when he say when she's saying you couldn't, you oh, couldn't yeah. speak i think that's it's all, it's all linked Very so true. that's one bit of writing that did work <laughs> there we yeah. go <laughs> um so they're recording a new jingle a pat's, pat's new jingle yeah and they say this is impossible you can't do a top quality jingle in an hour 
Turns out, though, Alan can't just play air bass, as we saw in the Static Caravan. <laughs> he knows the instrument for real, inside and out. Uh, and the, the, the guy held hostage used to be the drummer in Meridian. He's this... not the real drummer in Meridian, but Meridian did sign off on this after being sent some clips of the film. So it's yeah, Meridian are... approved. There were quite a few stipulations as well. I think we went through, there was, uh, their website had to be on the credits. Yeah, they they're, they're the, the only f- people in the credits who've insisted on having their website. Uh, and and then there's a frame at the end of the film about how many millions of records they've <laughs> yeah. as well. I'm is imagining it... that was a deal breaker. I yeah. just think that, is it, is it good? Is it, is it odd that that's there? I'm not sure how useful that kind of is in terms of the film or the story or what, character. What, Marillion's record sales? No, that character that was in Marillion. Well, yeah, it does feel like a bit of a throwaway gag. Don't think? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a gag? I don't think it's that funny. It's just a, <laughs> just a joke, mate. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. It's fine. <laughs> um, so we're, we're at Lynn's house. Uh, Lynn steps up. This is the scene where Lynn grasps yes. the nettle. Come on, Lynn. Uh, she's got four locks on her door, I noticed. And, uh, <laughs> I did, that was my question. How many locks? I lost count. Oh, right. Yeah, there's four. Um, she assumes that the police are there about Alan's crisp theft and uh, has to explain. He just gets flustered at self-service checkouts. <laughs> um, and then she discovers she's his next of kin, which she seems genuinely touched by yeah, yeah you can see her face changes when she realizes yeah. that yeah. alan's kind of and then she just goes tainted him, him. <laughs> <laughs> which i absolutely love yeah um and she's like she says that uh oh they're talking to her about pat's uh pat being crazy and she says but she made pat three cakes in the last year but there's nothing in them that would have led him to do this <laughs> <laughs> which led me to wonder if a murder has ever been blamed on cake which so i looked it up um <laughs> of course he did yeah the, the answer is no but in january a teenage boy and his parents were found guilty of luring a married man to his death with the promise of birthday cake before stuffing his body in a tv box and dumping it in a car boot lovely yeah well, that's hilarious. There you go. <laughs> Wait, did he get the cake or not? <laughs> this is crucial. It, it was not specified from my source, which is the Sun website. Um, is this Lynn's finest hour, do you think? She's got policemen getting her coffee. She's being interviewed oh, on the yeah, news. She's yeah. named as Alan's next, ki- next of kin. The siege is the best thing that's ever happened to Lynn, isn't it? Mm. Apart from maybe Gordon. Does she still live with Gordon, do we <laughs> that's think? That's a good question. Well, what happened to Gordon? I, I, can, I can lead into that later on. There's, there's, some, there's okay. some evidence later we'll come, about we'll come to that. her mm. love life. But yeah, just I just think the police offering to make her coffee is just a beautiful moment. Isn't There's the a first, massive grin on her face. Yeah, and isn't the first thing she says about um, Pat is that he's Irish? To be sure. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Did, didn't script that. Well, yeah, that no, but it is in the film script. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the morning in the studio. Uh, this is this is the point where we, we see Alan doing a very brave breakout uh, for about 10 minutes, only to discover that uh, that he's actually dreaming and the whole thing's made up. Um, Did so anyone spot that it was a dream? I didn't. I, to be honest, no. I, didn't, I didn't think it was a dream. Uh, even when he was... He was the three policemen with the masks on, saying uh, Jason Argonaut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until um, he took I the thi- mask off, I still, I still thought it was happening. Although I did wonder how he knew where the secret room was that Sean Pertwee was like listening in. Yeah, from. I think it definitely threw me when I first saw the film. There he is, Jason. But Argonaut. just to, uh, there he is. <laughs> just to, to get before that sequence happens, and you've got Alan looking through the photos. There's an old Radio Norwich photo of them in front of. Now that guy in the middle <laughs> is that a young Dave Clifton? I'm well, not sure, but I, I thought it might is. be. I think it's an 80s the James McAvoy the on the far yeah. right. It looks like Danny Baker, doesn't it? <laughs> it's definitely not Danny Baker. Oh. <laughs> uh, I just put it to the audience. Is that Dave Clifton? Just you. Sounds like a no. Right. <laughs> I guess it's a no. We'll move on. The production on that picture as well is shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, it's, it's not Photoshop gold, is it? It's Photoshop tin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Photoshop wood. Um, uh, later on the next, uh, the, ne- the next bit where all the, um, the Allens are coming out, they've all got lipstick on. Uh, which I didn't notice until I didn't I, notice it was that. in the commentary. Yeah, just another bit of dream sequence magic for you there. Yeah. This is a callback as well to Day of the Jackal, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of classic film references. Anyone seen Day of the Jackal? No. Nope. Jed. Jed oh, has. You're not allowed to speak. <laughs> but, but Jed has seen <laughs> it. Well, it's a callback to Day of the Jackal, which obviously is a callback to uh, uh, previous references of that film in I'm Alan Partridge. Oh, yeah. Someone's done some research finally. Oh. Not enough to watch Day of the Jackal though. I should <laughs> <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good, that's fine. That clear. Or, or to watch Alpha Papa probably. Alan mistakes Pat's wife Molly for a man and. Uh, when, look, when grasping for a compliment only manages she's got such brown hair <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a line here that uh, Cole Meany tried to get rid of uh, the bit where he's talking about oh yeah my Molly's with the angels now the angels took her and then Psychic Simon says there must have been a few of them yeah um, <laughs> Cole Meany tried to uh, I think Steve Coogan's talked about this in a few interviews where he tried to nix the line asking what, what the, saying that Pat Farrell wouldn't say that it's too kind of fanciful he wouldn't, he wouldn't have said it and Steve had to insist it stays in because it's a comedy film and it's a funny line so I think that's fair enough. It is a good line. Yep. Yep. It's a joke they've made before as well, because they yeah. suggest that obviously Lynn would need uh, several men to lift her up. Uh, yes. Oh, for the yes. baptism. Yeah, for the baptism. Yeah. Which I don't think is actually true, because I think with a good fireman's lift, you could easily get Lynn <laughs> onto a font. Just dunk her in. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Go on, Lynn, lass. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> 
Lifted, maybe not, but tipped, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd work. Angled. Okay. Uh, Alan's, uh, Alan tells a story of, of his kids calling him over on a beach holiday, and all they'd done was dug a big hole. <laughs> Miserable. So good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, this is the point where people are starting to side with Pat a little bit, it, 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 the, the viewing public as well. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm back well, you're on not, Pat's you're side. Well, really you're not really on, as you kind of mentioned earlier, you're not really on Jason. Is it Tresswell or Cresswell? It's Tresswell. Right. You're not really on Jason Tresswell's side. So, well, you, um, you were earlier. You're a big fan of Shane, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Okay. He's flip flopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way you want it to be, pal. Yeah. Okay, he's done yeah. a 180. Yeah, okay, no. He's not that bad, I guess. He's got a <laughs> okay, we're back in the studios. Uh, Dave Clifton's got more chat for us. I came to in a skip in the middle of the afternoon with my <laughs> underpants in my mouth. Calling them underpants is the most tragic part of that sentence. And then he goes, oh, these are not my pants. We've actually, oh, but before you're back in the studio, though, you've got the police operations room, which obviously oh, yes. is... Uh, a great scene uh, so you have you've got this board with all the kind of main players of the siege up with pictures and their ages so on that board it lists uh, Danny Sinclair is 34 although I think we're all agreeing that's Bollocks. a lie yeah, um, yeah J- Jason Cresswell 43 Simon Denton 33 Danny Sinclair 34 Pat Farrell, 59. Um, And so, obviously, the gag they're making the film is there's a random photo of Pat Farrell on the board there. And the police officer says, oh, I just Googled Pat Farrell. If you actually Google Pat Farrell, this is the person that you get. Again, I mean, that is not the Pat Farrell from the film either. (laughs) So, there you go. Um, Would you like uh, some small facts about Banged Up Abroad? I would love some, (laughs) because I have not seen Banged Up Abroad. What's Banged Up Abroad? I haven't seen Banged Up Abroad. Stop saying Banged Up Abroad. (laughs) Uh, well, I've never seen Banged Up Abroad either, actually, uh, but I can tell you this much, because this is as far as I can be bothered to read on Wikipedia, basically. <laughs> uh, it airs on Channel 5. It's been running since 2006. So it's, it's still currently, running? Yeah, currently in its 10th series. That, that's it. That's all I can be bothered to read. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, oh, and I did like the bit just after this. The uh, WPC refers to uh, Simon Denton as sidekick Simon in the transcript. <laughs> nice. So it was just a nice, nice little lingag. Yeah. Right, we must move along. Uh, we're in the studios. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Dave and his underpants. Sad, another sad scene from Dave. Uh, Alan <laughs> is, is starting to love the siege. I'm starting to think he'd prefer it if it never ended. Um, he's having a great time. I th- also think this is, this is the point where it's the most people that have ever taken Alan seriously at once. Like He's actually got a role to play. Um, and yeah. <laughs> I like that to Angela, his uh, love interest, says, I'll protect you, and then immediately proceeds to use her as a human shield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Classic Alan. And then we find Mal- Michael, who's been hiding, hiding, hiding in a cupboard, unaware that there's even a siege. <laughs> <laughs> some, some facts about Michael's cupboard endeavour. Um, he's been there for 16 hours. He said uh, it, he, it, he found a place of concealment, like in army manoeuvres. There is a theory going around that Michael was never actually in the army, and I think this is uh, fuel for that fire that, that he thinks hiding in a cupboard is... Because this uh, should be like uh, music to his ears, surely the opportunity to show off his army skills, but instead he thinks... Mm, he might be a bit rusty. Better get in the cupboard. Do a poo. Just do a big poo. Well, yeah, speaking of poo, <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's Michael's pooed in a lunchbox. He, Let's he's get that out of the way. He, he's let himself down. Uh, so I noticed so far every scene in the film where Michael has appeared or been mentioned has had some reference to shit in it, or some just, kind of bodily function. Just the yeah. kind of guy he is. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, and uh, it's also revealed that he shares a bed with his brother. Um, the slow <laughs> reveal of these details is very, yeah. very enjoyable. Yeah. Quick question to the team: Have you ever slept in a cupboard? No. No. Okay. Uh, uh, hang on. Hang oh. on. Have you? <laughs> I slept in a cupboard once. <laughs> Once is enough. Once That's is all enough. we need. Yeah. It was a house party in Cardiff, and I was very low on options of places to go. You slept in a cupboard, <laughs> what, upright, and I thought, what better place to chat to you about it than in a room full of people I don't know? <laughs> Wait, wait. Was there literally nowhere, nowhere what else about you a could floor? Sleep? Was floor? there literally no floor space? Cushions? Yeah, but the cupboard was protected. <laughs> From what? <laughs> From what sort of party was this? <laughs> it was a sort of party oh, where I know this is that BS- BDSM. BDSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got was, you. It was a very restricted mm. cupboard. What's Bayadigancy? Uh, I, I feel <laughs> there. <laughs> th- there's one question which we need to ask. Well, yes, we're gonna we're gonna have a short interval in a second uh, of ten minutes or so, and then come back and talk about the rest of this film and play Cars Against the Lanity. But before we go, I feel like question for the group. Uh, Michael at this point says, "I'm really sorry. I done a shit in a box." <laughs> Love that line. Have you ever done a shit in a box? Uh, no, I can't say I have. Nick? Uh, not in a box, no. 
I was once in a well. That, that's a very leading answer. <laughs> You're going to have to expand now, sadly. No, 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 no. I was just I was once in a field, but um, it, it's probably not worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> have you done a shit in a box? No, but I've also been in a field and caught short, but never done a shit in a box. Okay. Well, uh, do, do we put this open to the audience, or do we not want to know? <laughs> if anyone wants to talk about their experience of shitting in a box, find us in the uh, interval, and we, you, <laughs> or, we or, or don't. We'll get you up for an extensive chat afterwards. But uh, we're going to have a short break now. Thank you very much, and we'll see you in about ten minutes or so. Thank you. People around the world ask, who is Alan Partridge? Monkey tennis? I am C. Trace. Chronic thuggery? Monkey tennis? Jason Argonaut. Monkey tennis? Our friend Michael's just sent a text saying he hasn't bought toilet paper in 18 months. How does he? He steals it from a pub. It's a relief. Monkey tennis? Yeah. And as we send our audience out into the foyer for a drink or a sit-down we that marks the end of part one of our Alpha Papa special, recorded live at the Prince Charles Cinema in London on November 24th of this year. Uh, you can get part two as long as it's after Boxing Day 2016. Both parts will already be available. If you're listening on Christmas Day, thank you for your loyalty, and you'll be able to listen to part two at midnight tonight when it goes live. Uh, all that's left really is to say thanks for listening, and uh, join us for part two as the siege takes to the road. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.